As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. of the Athletic Football Show. Welcome to the Athletic Football Show. I'm Robert Mays. Joining me tonight is my good friend Nate Tice. Nate, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I got asked what Kent with that. I don't know if you put the music for the waiting room, but it was like like a little lo-fi beat going. I was like vibing. Like I, we had a couple of minutes and a half, I was just kind of hanging out like, okay, this is pretty good. This is like a nice little warm-up song. But we made it week one. We spent a lot of time picking that warm-up music. We did make it week nice. one. Week one is amazing, but it's also a lot. I There was so much to keep track of. I always forget it every single year when I actually the games actually start and I'm trying to keep track of three screens and six games and everything that's going on by the time the day ends i'm just emotionally exhausted which was really good for this week because it meant that i couldn't engage with the bears game to any sort of degree so i just got it kind of washed over me in a way where i was watching it in the background which was probably best considering what happened i'm just picturing you like the dad from uh, married with children like just hand down pants just like just <laughs> sprawled just resigned to his fate of whatever that happened with the bears game uh, i mean hey fields two for two 
I mean, you can't. I mean, that uh, we used to got a little pop right there. At this point, it just seems like they're biding time until he plays. And when you think about the rest of the roster, and that's always how it was going to feel. But that's what tonight was. You you come out, you're playing in their stadium. They're so excited to have Stafford there. And you just see the holes. The offensive line isn't very good. The secondary isn't very good. And until he starts to play and we understand what the future might look like with him at quarterback, none of the the rest of this doesn't really matter. And that's how I felt coming in. And tonight was just such a confirmation of that entire situation. Yeah, and that's what it felt like. It felt like they were just wanted to sprinkle them in just a little bit, just like, hey, we're going to get you the live reps, just feed the bullets. But it's like they wouldn't do that if they weren't expecting him to be the guy <laughs> coming down the road. Um, so that's like, I mean, it just makes all the sense of the world. And I mean, I mean, the Andy Andy Dalton did what he could. I mean, the opening interception was brutal, but you know, at least he did what he could considering the, uh, the situation that he's being put in right now. Exactly. I mean, it's just like he was fine. And I we knew Andy Dalton's going to be fine. I mean, that, that's that's what he is. And we understand that. But until Justin Fields plays, it's just I, I don't really know what we're waiting for. I don't really know what we're doing. But that's we'll have that conversation at another time. For right now, let's get to the first 15. Every single week, we're going to start with this. This is a new way to open the show that we're doing this year. It's the first 15 minutes of the show, which also happens to be a football term. It's the first 15 plays you come out with with your script. So it aligns very well. So we're going to start with the first 15 every single week. This week, we're starting with some of the marquee games of the week that featured teams that fancy themselves contenders in the AFC. I mean, there were a couple pretty important matchups in that regard today during week one. Obviously, we got the Browns and the Chiefs. We got the Steelers and the Bills. Let's start with the Browns and the Chiefs in that afternoon slot a rematch of a playoff game from last year, obviously. So many things went right for the Browns in this game. So many things. They played so well, and it still didn't end up mattering. And I just can't imagine how frustrating it has to be playing against that quarterback and this Chiefs team when you can play as well as Cleveland did for 90% of that game and still just look around at each other in the locker room and wonder, how did we lose that game? I mean, just looking at the stats for both quarterbacks was ridiculous. Like the EPA per play was uh, Baker had 0.31 EPA per play. That's that's awesome. You know, you're, you're you'd be stoked if that's where your quarterback got you. And then Mahomes finished with 0.51 EPA per play. <laughs> it was just he, he for a total of 23 EPA, EPA just added. Like it's just I mean, just ridiculous. That must be the most frustrating thing ever. I don't feel any less enthusiastic about the Cleveland Browns right now. Yeah. than I did before coming into this game. Because I thought that they would be a real contender in the AFC. I th- I picked them to win the AFC North. And I feel pretty good about that after yeah. that performance. Their offense looked excellent, excellent. And they were doing so, so many fun wrinkles. I mean, the ways that they got... I did not expect that much Anthony Schwartz. <laughs> week one coming out of... Even with Beckham hurt. I know. I still didn't expect him to be that much a part of the game plan. And... Everything we come to expect from the Browns that we want from the Browns, where it's cheap yardage on screens, tons of play action, but it was just one step beyond the stuff we saw from them last year. Like even Schwartz, the first completion to him on that deep cross coming left to right on the boot to the left, because yep. typically we see stuff coming to that side when they do all those boots to the left and still instead it's all the way across the formation. That's what it was. It was just like, all right, here's what you come to expect from us just turned up a tiny bit and that's exactly what i wanted to see from the browns offense this year it was one of the first third downs and it kind of like it it showed how like smart of a game plan stefanski and bill callahan put together because they they ran a sprint out 
with Baker Mayfield and he pulled up and I think that's what you're talking about. But what's so great about that is one, it's a safe, safe ass protection. Like it is seven guys full slide. Yeah. Usually two, you're moving the quarterback, Well, you're getting the quarterback away from the pocket. So guys, you know, pass rushers are aiming for a point. So you're moving it on them. So they have to, Oh shoot, this is different. And then off the top of that, it's like, you know, like that play going against the chiefs, the chiefs are so aggressive. We've talked, we make jokes about it, how aggressive spags is and all those safeties, all the DBs, they cut everything. They're just, you know, they, how many times you see Tyron Matthew cutting on a dig or something of that, a crosser. And what that play was, that throwback was taking advantage of that. They're like, Hey, we're going to have yeah. a safe protection. We're not going to let you get after the quarterback. And then on top of it, we hit a chunk play on you. And it's safe. It's like that. Oh, that's so good. That stuff's so nice. And that's what's so funny. I, I like you just said. I wasn't expecting that much Anthony <laughs> Schwartz sprinkled in. And I'm a, like the first one, the or second one, I should say, made sense. Drive starter, twenty two personnel. He's the only receiver out there. And it's like shot play, circled, triangled, like starred. That <laughs> a shot play is coming. Anthony Schwartz is not in there to block. Like that, he is in there to just go bombs away. Like that's Khalif Raymond with the Titans against the Ravens. You know, that is why he is in there. So like, I was expecting that. I wasn't expecting all these kind of normal plays and the actual progression happened. They did a great job. I mean, they were, t- they were booting them to death early. They were taking advantage of what, like on those pressures that the Chiefs are bringing. If you run a, cr- or a flat come the other way, the guy that has to cover the flat, he has to worry about the run gap. And then all of a sudden he has to come all the way back. It's really hard against an aggressive team because you have to go, oh, oh, all the way back. It's just back and forth, back and forth. And that's, oh, it was just a really nice game plan. And of course the run game was awesome. The pin pull yeah. stuff, the gap scheme, all the power. Like I, I, oh, The uh, counter uh, touchdown counter. was beautiful. I mean, beautiful. he walked in from 20 yards away. Batonio. I mean, that was a gorgeous play. Yeah. I mean, everything about that. Petonio slips into it. the second level. Awesome. What did you think of just Baker's performance overall? Because I thought he was fantastic. That's how, what they need him to do, what he did today. He, he hit the one I, I, I'm always going to, I'm a little lower on Baker than most, but like the thing is, he hit a comeback throw early on that was like badass, like hit a deep comeback in rhythm and it was in the process of the play. And I, I want to say it was a boot or a play action, but he, uh, weird, a boot or a play action that they ran. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, he hit a comeback and I was like, that was, that was a pretty badass throw. And even when he had to drop back at the end of the game, he was, I mean, the pick was just, it happens. That was football. You know, it wasn't like, oh my God, that was stupid by Baker. It was like, all right, he's getting hit. The ball, you know, shit happens kind of play. I thought Blake, Baker played fine. I mean, shit, even the stats back it up. And I, I didn't have any qualms with how he played today. Like, that's what they want. That's what they need him to play like is how he played today. I mean, there were a couple throws. The seam ball that he ripped to Njoku up the right side yep. was just a gorgeous throw. And then the corner route he threw to Njoku on the left side was a gorgeous throw. Yep. I mean, there were a couple. He he threw the ball about as well as you could hope Baker Mayfield would throw the ball. Yes. And they still lost. <laughs> and they still lost. And it's and it's you, you these these are the games that happen. And these are the moments that happen, yep. right? Chubb fumbles. Yep. When they're hoping to go up by two scores and kind of start to put this thing out of reach. That's a huge moment. Then they have just the ridiculous 50-yard, I'm rolling out to my right, let me just chuck this thing up and let Tyreek Hill go get it touchdown. And then you have the Chris Jones sack, and then you have the dropped punt. Yeah. I mean, the punter just dropping the ball, and it's because you wonder, it's like, man, how did they manage to let this thing slip away after playing so well? And then you go back and rewatch it, and it's like these little tiny moments. And that's what happens. It's like if you give the Chiefs an inch, they're going to take it. They only need a couple little swing plays, and they got those plays. But again, I leave this game still believing these are two of the best three or four teams in the AFC. Oh, absolutely. I mean, 
this was a it was <laughs> it's a it's a program loss as they say, but I'm sure it's so freaking frustrating for the Browns. I mean, it has to be. I mean, they they you get them, and it's just it's inevitable. I mean, isn't it? It's like you really just have to beat Mahomes. You have to run out the clock. So Mahomes doesn't have enough time. Like uh, the joke with like Texas A&M, I think it's like the Aggies never lose. They just run out of time. Like that's how Mahomes feels like when he has the ball. Um, it, it, honestly, it was kind of cool uh, watching like Orlando Brown against Miles Garrett the entire game. That was a really fun, really, really fun matchup. And honestly, even though Miles Garrett got his, I think he got a sack, couple quarterback hits, Orlando Brown um, which is really like really doing a good job being isolated uh, against Miles Garrett th- for the entire game. So it, it was good. It was a really good job by by them. I mean, it's just the Chiefs. They were doing all what they do: RPOs, hitting Tyreek Hill, going over the top. It was just really good stuff by them. All right, let's get to the other AFC game because I felt like that one was more interesting, and I think it was a little bit more illuminating than whatever the Browns Chiefs game was. So let's talk about the Steelers and the Bills. The Steelers end up beating the Bills 23 to 16. Allen finishes 30 of 51 for 270 yards. And it was a little bit of a disconcerting game for the Bills offense. I'm going to be honest with you. There were some things in that game. I'm sure they'll be fine. But I felt a lot of people, me included even, thought that they were just going to be full speed ahead Mm -hmm. coming into this year after what last season was. Even after the little hiccup in the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. I still expected their offense to be really good right away, even against a pretty good defense like the Steelers have. And I just was so impressed with the way the Steelers played up front. And it felt like the Bills just had no answer for the way that the Steelers were playing against them. I looked up the numbers and I was I figured this was the case. Allen was the most blitz quarterback in the NFL last season. If you look at total blitz dropbacks, some of that was just the volume of throws that they had. But they teams went after him. The Steelers last year blitzed him on 26 of his 46 dropbacks in their game. I couldn't count five times in this game where they sent five or more pass rushers. Yeah, They were completely inclined and completely comfortable saying, we're going to rush four, we're going to beat the shit out of you up front, and we're going to play coverage behind it. And the Bills just did not have an answer for whatever that recipe was. It was not so Blitzberg. It was... Uh, yes. It really wasn't. Dude, Mika Fitzpatrick was a phenom today. He he, he played so well. There were like so, three or four splash plays. Oh, my God. The play before the very weird backwards throwback pass on fourth and one, yeah. that fourth and one doesn't happen if Minka doesn't come downhill and make that play right in front of the right on the third down. And he had a couple of those, the third down and he had a PBU against Cole Beasley early in the game where they tried to isolate Beasley on him from the slot and then had Beasley take it vertical. And he stuck with him step for step the entire way. That guy is really, really good. Like the Steelers defense is full of incredible players. And then when you have guys like Melvin Ingram just dropped into the equation that are kicking ass from day one when they get there it's a recipe for something very special like that defense has a chance to just be a top three unit again they were unbelievable today unbelievable i was like so re-watching it. i was like oh my god this is so much fun they did a really cool thing with fitzpatrick I, I i'm really excited to rewatch this game more than i thought i would i would be they had fitzpatrick in the slot looking like he's in the pressure position and and it's a classic look like that's it's the joke you cap the safety caps the slot and usually the slot comes on the pressure like that's you know good defenses will hide that disguise it in some some way shape or form and what they did they showed it like real early like he's coming he then flew into the center like a robber and from the slot just flew into the center and they're really just messing with the defense or with the offense's games and Josh Allen double clutched it and they did it a couple of times it was really cool it was I mean Fitzpatrick was just a phenom but they were what they were doing it was just like they weren't 
letting Josh Allen be Professor Chaos and just do all his craziness. And they're playing safe. And like you just said, they're just rushing for and making him beat beat them just nickel and diming, which is not Josh Allen's real game. So, uh, that, I mean, it was just uh, – I'm not too worried about the Bills, but, I mean, it was a really, really good performance by the Steelers' defense. And then Steelers' offense was just more of the same. <laughs> it was a lot of RPOs. <laughs> It, it was exactly the same recipe as last year, right? Like, let's just trust the fact that we have a few playmakers that are going to make some plays. There's yeah. the one chunk play to Claypool down the right sideline. There's RPO, the one chunk yeah. pass interference to Claypool down the left sideline. There's the Deontay Johnson touchdown in the back of the end zone. And when you're giving up 14 points in a game, or you're giving up two touchdowns in a game, and you're shutting down one of the best offenses in the league, you only need a couple scattered plays here and there. Block, punt, touchdown, game over, we win. Yeah, and, I mean, it's this. Their defense carried them today. Like, there's no way around that. And again, you talk about guys like Melvin Ingram just doing work against Deion Dawkins at points in this game, and then the contributions of guys like Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt. I mean, it's just a combination of stuff. I mean, the touchdown or the the strip sack by T.J. Watt, he ends up cleaning that play up. But that's Cam Hayward is just destroying the middle of the pocket. I yeah. mean, those their front just dominated that game, and I think. I don't want to overreact to what happens in week one. That's always dangerous, but it's not like this bill's offensive line is full of superstars. Like last year, I think that Allen does a really good job in protection and controlling protections. And he did a very good job last year when teams sent a lot of heat after him. But if they're just rushing four, and there's no way, there's no reason to get the ball out quickly because you're taking advantage of people lacking resources on the back end. Your offensive line is just there to block four guys. Yeah. And when they can't do that, and when it's just one-on-one, like we're going to have to hold on to it just a little bit when he has to double clutch every once in a while, I think you saw that this group might not be able to hold up against the better pass rushes in the league. Well, especially if they can't get it going on first and second down, and they're stuck in those third and longs and third yeah. sevens and eights and nines and tens. Those add up. It's just for how they want to play, that's really, really hard. They they want to be in 10 personnel or they want to be in 11 and spread it out. You're in a way, you're making it complicated for the defense in one way, but also you're making it basic in another way because it's like you can't do yeah. so much blocking-wise and who you have in, in the backfield and all that. So you can't really get the help that you might want. Uh, but th- that's – yeah, it's kind of a chicken and the egg or kind of a double-edged sword. Uh, th- that's a better idiom. I'm going to go with that one um, when you play that way. <laughs> um, but it's it's but that's just how the Bills want to play. What it, There's the highest-rated EPA player uh, for the Bills today was Josh Allen's legs, even more than Josh Allen's arm. And that's like the safety blanket that Josh Allen gives to that offense that he, you can always go to his legs, but if they just have to get the run game going, they did in the fourth quarter a little bit, but that's just kind of like a weird game script kind of thing. So it's kind of, they have to, I think they have to figure first and second down out to help everything else out to get them out of those third and hard situations. Cause that it's just hard to live that way. And if you have Mika Fitzpatrick locking down your Cole Beasley read routes, okay, then what, what's your answer? What's your next step uh, that that's going to come for that? But I, I trust that they're going to do it. They did it last year, and but that's the thing is they're trying to hide that whole line by getting the ball out quick, or Josh Allen going doing something. All right, let's get to some of the things that grabbed our attention this week. Gentlemen, you had my curiosity, but now you have my attention. As we alluded to at the start, that's a great drop. I'm, I'm very know, happy I'm so that happy you landed on this. So. As we alluded to at the beginning of the show, when you're watching games on Sunday, there's a lot going on. It seems like there's just a wave of stuff coming at you. So every single week, we want to pick out a few things that stopped us in our tracks. Some of the stuff that's like, all right, 
I have to pay attention to this. I have no choice but to lock in on this because it's so important and so notable. And the first thing that jumped out to me today was the Arizona Cardinals defense, man. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) so last year, right, this team finishes seventh in weighted defensive DVOA, and I believe they were ninth just over the course of the entire season. It felt a little bit fluky. Yeah. You know, they did a lot of cool stuff with their pass rush packages where you got Andrew Gardeck making plays and obviously Hassan Reddick has a career year, but they lose Chandler Jones. They're kind of hodgepodging it together up front. You know, they're playing a ton of man coverage with these corners that we don't really trust, but it's somehow working. Isaiah Simmons is like figuring it out. And I just didn't know how sustainable all of that was. Like, could this defense be really good again or with very young, unproven corners on the back end, especially are they going to take a step back? And man, were they really, really good today. I mean, obviously, we'll talk about Chandler Jones's performance, but I think overall, just these guys play fast. Like, I just think overall, the way that we've seen them play over the last now 17 games is a testament to the job that Vance Joseph is doing there as their defensive coordinator. And you can tell he's getting a better feel for his guys. And and like uh, when I say that, it's like Isaiah Simmons, like how he's yeah. getting how he's getting utilized now. Like they have him off the edge. They had him in the slot, like going out to the to the flat. They had him carrying the slot. Like they they're starting to use him kind of in better ways. And I mean, he's just becoming a better football player. His IQ it's slowing down for him a little bit. Uh, I mean, he had a nice tackle on Derrick Henry. That was what <laughs> shocked me. That I was like, oh, that was Simmons. Oh wow, way to go, bud. Uh, but I mean, this defense also it's this is what happens when you put two hundred sack guys together and an yeah. offense doesn't know who to help out. Like they didn't. They kept chip helping on JJ's side, and then that opened up. Chandler Jones's side and Luan, you know, you're expecting Luan to win a mo- more than most of those one-on-one matchups. You know, he's going to lose some because Chandler Jones is a hundred sack guy. Um, but it turns out that Luan lost a little, a little more than, more than he, uh, than he, uh, uh, won. So it's just, that's what happens. It's just the, that's when you have the personnel and you open it up. And if you get the five man rushes that they got a couple times, it, it was just nice. Like they, they had a couple third downs where they they were just obviously aware of Watts alignment and and like the Titans moved the guys over there like they had tight end split out there like they had a game plan for it but I just did, I just think they really expected their left tackle to hold up uh, throughout the whole game and just also just I, Isaiah Simmons is just really cool and then I, I'm, I'm they're really built through the spine it's Buda Baker the two young linebackers and then the D line like they're not built for the outside they're making they're trying to force everything internal. I thought that the corners played well today, they though. Did. I mean, I thought I thought that Byron Murphy made a couple really good downhill plays on the ball. He was around the ball. I mean, and you combine that with the way that they played up front. You go back and you watch a guy that has five sacks in a game. And my first inclination every time you see something like that is, all right, did he really have five sacks? Like, how did he get those five sacks? So the first one, he's unblocked off the edge into yeah. a boot. Yeah. So they just assume he's going to bite down on the run fake. Yeah. We're not worried about it. And he did again, really, really <laughs> good coach, really good coaching. Like in that situation, like you have to be prepared for boots against this team. Yes. Tannehill turns around right into him and the boot gets destroyed yeah. for a huge kind of game swinging strip sack that just allows them to create a little more breathing room early. And then other than that, he's just roasting dudes. Yeah. I mean, he was destroying on the second one. Luan tries to jump set him. It goes miserably. He's way out over his feet. A quick sack there. He's a nasty hump move for sack number four against Kendall Lamb after Luan went out. And then against, on, uh, excuse me, on sack number five, Zach Allen rocked Saffold 
on a stunt. Oh, like, I know. Really stunned that? him. Yeah. Really stunned him. And then obviously at that, then Jones comes back in. Saffold is not in a position to pass that thing off. Yep. And the whole thing just starts to crumble. So that's kind of what I mean. You have the just singular greatness of a guy like Chandler Jones, who looked incredible today on multiple occasions. But then you have guys like Zach Allen making plays to contribute to that. That's how great defense happens. Yep. And so I was just impressed with them on multiple different levels today. Like you said, when when great defense happens, when those auxiliary players, those you know back hundred percent, those role players, all of a sudden are just making plays for you. You don't just have to rely on your ace to just do do shit every single time it's a big play and oh i know i love that's whenever i say like o-line edginess that chandler jones sack he got on the game like like <laughs> that's what i mean right there because they got the o-line to different levels and that's not good you want the pocket everyone to be really you know tight in together and like have just the same levels so you just that's the, what i mean when i say edginess that's what it was that was like the epitome of edginess that chandler jones created that or i'm sorry that Allen created there it was it was just a yeah, it was just a kick-ass performance. They really did. They never Derrick Henry couldn't get going. They kept running, like really setting the edge outside, so Henry had to plant his foot and get north, which we saw in the Raven. We saw in the Ravens. And the guys were making that. plays on the backside. Yes, and that was that was the fun part is that you had those Watt like shoestring tackles one yard deep in the backfield yep. that we'd gotten so used to over the years. And that's the coolest part is that run defense is a team effort, right? I mean that we know oh, this. Yeah. Yep. But on the first two drives on first and ten. Watt and Jones both had TFLs to just derail the drives before they even got started. They were doing that consistently in this game. And then you combine that with just cool little wrinkles. On the first third and 12 that they had, they ran that version of cover two that we talked about with the Giants, where Murphy's down in the slot, bails out to the deep half, and the safety drops in. Allen double clutches it play over. Yep. And, or excuse me, Tannehill double clutches yeah. it play over. And so that's it. It's like, all right. You get fantastic performances from your stars. You get a play here, a play there from the guys that maybe are a little bit less proven on your defense. And then you throw a couple little wrenches in there schematically. And that's how you get a defensive performance like this with a quarterback who'd been one of the most efficient players in the NFL over the last two years, finishing 21 of 35 for 212 and Henry finishing with 58 rushing yards, 19 of those coming on a single carry. He had nine carries for eight yards at one point in this game. I mean, I mean it, it was a fantastic performance. And that's not even before even getting to the offense, yeah. which, which I'm sure we'll get into at a later date. But I wanted to focus on the defense here. I agreed. Because, yeah, no, we always get so negative on the offense or what it could be. And then we never put a shine to what the defense has been doing this last, you know, nine-ish months. It, it's, I also don't know if the Titans defense is any good. So it's hard to put that performance and, in perspective. And, and some of that offensive stuff was still, hey, Kyler, go do something like, I mean, honestly, and Kyler did a lot of things today. <laughs> oh my God. He had the moon ball touchdown. That was, that was just gorgeous. Might've been a throw of the day. Oh, uh, and like, this is how, how much these good players can dictate an offense. Like just even the, uh, like the plays that are called the flea flicker, the Titans ran. Yeah. First play that Chandler Jones and JJ Watt weren't on the field together. Like That's they really were funny. off and they went, okay, we can go it now. And uh, guys will have game plans like where they have like three plays, right? Like, okay. Watts off or Von Miller's off or, you know, Khalil Max off. And then, so yeah, it was pretty funny. I noticed that like rewatching, I was like, oh yeah, they're both out the field. That's why they went to it. They're like, we're not getting this blown up at all. Uh, so it, it's pretty, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good performance from the Cardinals defense. I, I'm excited to see them grow because they have a lot of cool young players too. Simmons and, and Zayvon Collins, the other linebacker they drafted this year. Totally. I mean, this was the this was their offseason plan, right? Yep. We get Chandler Jones back. We go get J.J. Watt. Let's let that, the guys up front carry us, and then we'll see if the young guys can come along 
at the pace that we're hoping for. And that's exactly what you saw today. I cannot wait to see what they look like here in the coming weeks. All right. Our next one here, Shane Waldron, you have my attention. Yes, you do. <laughs> you, I, you, you have my attention. Yes, you do. Russell finishes 18 of 23 for 254 and four touchdowns. And people that know a lot about the Seahawks offense and know the Seahawks very well have talked about this. This is going to be a blend. This is going to be a blend of the stuff that Russell likes and the stuff that we've seen from the Rams. And that's what it felt like today, where you had kind of these layup completions that we'll get to, and you had the bombs away completions that we want to see. And that blend of stuff, you don't have to make Russell Wilson an entirely different player. He was the MVP of the league for the first half of last year. But I think helping him out in subtle ways and combining that, which is the best ways to use that talent that you have on this team you could have a really special offense in the making. And they played extremely well today. They did. And what, what you just said about putting, letting Russ do the stuff that he does well, just put, just only do that. <laughs> just like, hey, Russ. So it, for, and what that is, is those PA deep balls, which oh, everyone's kind of done, but they put them on the move a lot today. Like even just bootlegs, yeah. getting them out of the pocket, which is great. It helps everybody out the O-line uh, and just moving the pocket and just making the rush slow down a little bit. And Colts had a good rush. Um, but also they were, they were going to empty. And it was a lot of stick, of course. It's it's a McVay Shanahan offense. It's but they were going to empty, and it's just like every concept they had today. Lockett touchdowns one. I don't think that was out of empty. Um, is that they would always have a deep portion on the route. It was just not all pure quick game, which is that's what Russ is not good at. It, it's everything was pick a side and go. And even the two by two stuff, like the long, long touchdown, the second and 20 that he went bombs away on, that was a two by two mirrored concept. And then he just ran a corner post. It was a, it was a smash, you know, which is a corner and flat one side. And there was a flat and a corner post on the other side. So Metcalf held that backside safety, that yes. other safety on that side. That's, I couldn't see it when I watched a couple of replays, but that's what it felt like. Yep. And, and that's Lockett on both of those touchdowns. His ability to subtly change direction at full speed is truly incredible. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, it's great on both tracker. of those plays, a bo- great ball tracker, but also on that, on that corner post touchdown, he never breaks stride. It's a step in and then he's going th- yep. without ever slowing down. And then on the first touchdown, I, I believe they were in like a single high defense and he acted as though he was running that deep cross and then took it vertically instantly. Yep. And he took it right past that safety without ever slowing down. And that ability to change directions without changing gears that makes you truly terrifying. Yeah. And that's exactly what he is. And him at his best and Russell at his best, they are a really, really cool combination to watch play together. When they say when I say body control, that's <laughs> that's what he is, just like to a T. That's like what he is so, so good at. And and like also even like like with Metcalf, Metcalf wasn't like the star of the day. But they use him in a nice way. It was getting him where he doesn't have to tight turn on anything, where he can just run the big, deep scissor scissor concept, just get those big legs going. So it was kind of cool having him on the backside uh, of, of the end zone and the red zone, like just letting him the stuff that he was good at. And I, I really liked that. It, it was just good. Like it was what we talked about that we wanted to see out of this offense. It was just, hey, Russ, you get, you know, Russ is exciting. You're like, oh, I want to do this with him. I want to do this with him. I want to do with it, this with him. But it's like, just, do the stuff that he's really good at, and he's because he's really, really good at it. All that, all those shot plays, the mirrored stuff. Let him scramble a little bit. It's good stuff, and it just, I just want to hopefully it sustains. You know, like you said, he was MVP of the first half of the season last year. Just want to see it for all seventeen games now. I loved how they got the tight ends involved too. 
in, yeah. in a few different ways that were very cool. The first little play action screen to Everett to get a drive going in the first half. Those those layups we talk about. Yep. I mean, just the the Rams ran the exact same thing to Higby. I don't yep. know if the formation was the same, but the idea is same the thing. same, yep. right? It, it's the, the what you're trying to accomplish is the same. It's so cheaply. they hit Everett on that one. And then the throw he had to Disley on the little flood concept to the right sideline is just a fucking missile. Oh, my God. I mean, I that that guy's ability to just the torque he can create with his upper body. We've always known that. That's why his arm strength is incredible, even though he's six feet tall. Yeah. Like that, <laughs> that ball is a laser beam. And then the touchdown to Everett, I thought was very cool because in that situation, they put Everett split out wide, wide to the right. It was a zone tell for Russell Wilson because – Colts didn't do anything. Yeah. So they cleared that out and then they had Everett come all the way back across. And then Leonard has to keep track of him from all the way outside to the right, loses him easy. Again, layup touchdown. Yeah. And again, it's just those combinations. Can we get the layups and the threes in this offense that lacked layups for so long? Yeah. And I thought they did a really good job of doing that today. And they did it without being boring. It wasn't the classic, or I should say predictable. I shouldn't say boring because some of this stuff is quote unquote boring, but it, it's it wasn't predictable. They kept the defense off balance with when they went to the shot stuff, when they went to a drop back. Like I thought he, he did it. It was a great example of play calling as opposed to just play design. And I think that's where Waldron, actually, I was more impressed with him than I thought I would be. Like he had a good rhythm. He had a good feel of when to go deep or when to just, all right, just run the ball a couple of times. Just get us back in rhythm. I, I thought, I thought he just did a really nice job. It was, it was a really good, good to see because that's not an easy defense to go against. They can make you play safe and they have their badasses up front. So if you don't have a good game plan to help out your own line, they can really just, ugh, it could be a real hard day for you where you're just getting really frustrated. And I've seen those games where Russ gets frustrated and not today and not today. It was a good performance from him. All right, let's get to our last one here. Joe Burrow, you have my attention. Yes, you do. Joe Burrow looked very, very sharp in his first game back today. Finished 20 of 27 for 261 and two touchdowns. It felt overall like today's performance from them was kind of an argument for the team building strategy that they followed this offseason, where you have Chase adding some juice to that offense, which is what that deep shot was. They hit him on a slant that was a little bit of a yak opportunity. Higgins doing like very real receivery stuff. Yeah. Like a couple a couple of the plays, we'll get to him, but a couple of the plays he had in the second half where he's just working as the uh, number one receiver on the right side yep. against what I assume was just like a quarters or man corner on that side. Just putting guys in blenders was very impressive. And then just Burrow playing fast, you know, playing fat. I mean, sacked five times, which is still a concern, hit seven times against this front. I think that's going to make sense. But I think overall, he looked really, really sharp in his first game back. And that's the thing you said, like he got sacked five times, got hit seven times. It's if you let him, because he, he has no fat in his footwork, he is a really good mechanically yeah. sound quarterback that if you just give him enough time, you don't have to be perfect, but if you just give him enough time to operate on time, he's going to get the ball out and just he'll fuck up defenses. And that's, I mean, today he had he had at least a half dozen throws that were like like good, like like really good QB throws like or NFL QB throws, like third downs, like the under and, and the sale route to chase. I think it was on the same drive. Um, but they're both third downs and both of those, a free runner came in and because he, he got the ball out. So like right on time on a hitch, if it was five and a hitch or just plant the foot and throwing that the rush didn't matter because that is rather than just throwing a quick game and just getting the ball out that way. If you can get to the five and or even seven step concepts and the ball's coming out right on time and the, the pass rush is not getting home. If you bring a pressure, that's that sucks for a defense. That's really annoying for a defense to just go. 
brought another blitz and we didn't even get through the line. I like, I know I can kick this left guard's butt, but like, I can't, like, I can't even do it now because the ball's out already. And it's not just quick game where guys are rallying and tackling. I, I thought he put on a great performance today and a couple hits are a little scary. <laughs> not going to lie. Still a little scared. And, uh, but it was, it was a good performance and oh my God, T Higgins looked great. Uh, Jamar chase, like looks so much better than he did in the preseason. Still have some issues with press. But it was just. But well, he, yeah, that's the thing. Those the big plays that he was making are free release plays. He just ran by, by Rashad Bashad Breeland on that play, and it's like it's. I I'm excited we for Jamar went Chase. A whole segment without going negative. <laughs> I, it's like it's. If 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 they're gonna if teams are gonna combat him that way, yeah. where he's just allowed to run by cornerbacks, he literally did not break stride on the touchdown. Un- that un- is the element he gives you, right? Yeah. Like that is the element he gives you in this offense that you want. That's not going to happen all of the time. No. But again, you need that explosiveness. They lacked that explosive element last year. No. The two, just two elements that stick out to me, the throw kind of specific moments. He had a throw, Burrow I'm talking about, to Tyler Boyd. It was a second and eight in the second quarter. And they ran a little mesh concept in front of him. And they ran Boyd on like a deep out to the left side. And he threw from the right hash. And that's a tough throw for somebody like him. With his arm, mm-hmm. and he made it beautifully. The the way he layered that throw up above the corner to Boyd on that play on that play was really really impressive. And then a couple of the plays to Higgins, where it was really I think two post corners in the span of like two drives, where he's just doing very nuanced work as a receiver on those plays. So that's the the formula, right? Mm-hmm. You have a very nuanced number one receiver in his second season that you feel good about being kind of your number one option when you need a bucket. You have your slot guy in Tyler Boyd, mm-hmm. and you have this explosive play waiting to happen, hopefully, in Jamar Chase. That's the and you have the progression from Burrow. That is the formula they bet on, and that is the formula that I think we saw today. Yeah. And, and even that fourth down call, the play action, like, yeah, I love the aggressive play call, but Burrow threw that guy open. Like that Yeah, it was a beautiful that, throw. It was a great throw. And that's the stuff that that's like you said, it's tough for him to or it's it's a it's a hard window when you have your arm strength like that, but you can still win this way. We saw Drew Brees and that's a veteran Drew Brees do it, but there's been countless guys over the years. As long as you operate on time and you're accurate, you can make a living that way, like forever and ever and ever, as long as you're just, you know, stay, stay healthy, of course, or just don't, your knees don't cripple and fall apart, but it's just, you know, but I I think Burrow just doing it over and over and over. I mean, that just stuff is just like, that's how he has to win. That's what I've been wanting to see like that. He can do it consistently. And he did today and they didn't have to be an empty every single play to do it, which is just like, that was like the one concern I kept having. They actually changed up their looks a little bit, which was really cool to see. I want to be clear about something. I think Joe Burrow is good. Yeah. I wanted to watch Joe Burrow this year. I was excited about what he would look like this season. I was, when I was there, it was kind of after that wave of, oh, is he comfortable? Does he feel healthy? It was post that. And at practice, he looked good. Yeah. And they were talking about him in a way where they were feeling good about him. And I wanted to see this offense with that. I still think that their ceiling is capped by what their defense might look like over the course of the season. I absolutely thought this could be a top 10 offense coming into the year. And that's if they play like they did today, they absolutely have a chance to hit that again. The protection is going to be a concern, but I was always excited about Joe Burrow and these pass catchers in the best case scenario. So I just want to correct that for the record. Yeah. The best case scenario is that he he stays upright and gets the ball out. So that's, that's why we wanted to see that. No, but I, I I agree. But if he, 
excuse me, if he plays like he did today, like that's, uh, it's really cool. I mean, I seeing quarterbacks operate like that, where it's not just overwhelming arm talent. It, it's truly seeing just everything look like clinic tape where it's like one, two, high three. level quarterbacking is what yes. we saw today oh, from it, it's, it's so, against it's a so very cool well-coordinated defense. I, there's going to be a world where he's not playing against Chris Boyd, you know, as the, as that other corner a lot. I mean, the, the Vikings corners, it's not a great situation. No. Like Prashad Brewin is a fine player, but they don't have a lot of depth there. It, we'll see what happens later down the road, but it's still a Mike Zimmer defense, and there's still a lot of talent on that team, and he played extremely well today. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. For their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash maze, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash maze now to grow your business, no matter which stage you're in. Shopify.com slash maze. Why don't you explain this to me like I am an eight-year-old? All right. All right. Every single week, we are going to have someone explain to us, or we're going to ask someone to explain to us what happened that day. So, uh, you know, there is a poor performance, a weird performance, whatever it might be. Somebody is going to have to explain what went on that Sunday. And this week, it is the Jacksonville Jaguars getting blown out by the Houston Texans. I don't even know where to start with this. I mean, it's here's what I'll say. First things first, impressed by the Texans. They did some stuff, especially on offense, where I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Like some of the RPO stuff that they did with Tyrod Taylor, I thought that he played well overall. But this is a team in Jacksonville that spent money this offseason. That even if they had the first overall pick last year, they brought back their entire offensive line. They had an interesting group of receivers. They went out and signed Shaq Griffin in free agency and James and Roy Robertson Harris in free agency and Ray Sean Jenkins in free agency and had a bunch of draft picks. And they did not acquit themselves very well here in the first game of the urban Meyer era. Uh, it's it's sad. It was sadly expected. Like I'm not, I think it's cause I'm not shocked that like, that's why I'm not like, I have more to say about it. Like just how, yeah. the, how the Jags look through all the preseason. They look so tense. 
Like the entire team just looks tense. And I mean, but anyways, but credit, like you said, credit to the Texans. Like those RPO stuff, like they are just run pistol, like the entire game. Yeah. A lot of pistol a stuff. Lot of pistol. A lot of pistol, heavy personnel. Yep. They're 12, 21. And I, I mean, it was almost like, it was almost like the Ravens kind of personnel looks but like just like a little tweak off of that. And like they spammed this one play, which is just like a zone read RPO where the tight end goes into flat. And it's a pain in the ass on the end because they don't know if he's getting kicked out or if he has to play like a bootleg or if he has to play an RPO. It's a pain in the ass for him. So they just spammed it the whole game. (laughs) They're like, hey, they're not getting coached up over there. So let's just run it over and over and over. But I I mean, and just even with the Jags stuff, I'm curious to watch this again because I I didn't, this game was very, it was minimal. Uh, my my experience watching this game, I had a as more highlights, and I watched I watched like a quarter because I was like, what the hell's going on over there? But I, I do want to watch like what Trevor Lawrence did, and of course, I just want to see his progression. He just looked like he was just so super aggressive. Like I I was talking to you on the phone, it was like he had a, like a high low, and it was like obvious that he should just checked it down. But I could tell he was like, this game's getting away from us screw it <laughs> he just threw the corner it was a picked off the corner sank under underneath it it's a, it high a great play by vernon great hargraves play. by the way <laughs> great play by so they're in cover two yep and there was a the back came as a flat controller to that side yep. but lawrence stared it down the entire way yep i somebody i can't remember who it was i think it was marvin jones maybe running a little circus route yep. so try to get back in the hole and hargraves just sank right underneath it because it's like if you're not going to look at the back <laughs> you're taking yeah. me right to where the ball is going to go yeah and those are the mistakes you're going to see, right? It's a rookie quarterback. Like the game's getting away from you. He's a rookie quarterback. He had ball placement issues in this game. I mean, there were a few different plays. There was an RPO at one point that he missed. I want to say it was, I think it was James O'Shaughnessy. It was a little bit behind him on an RPO. And then very next play, it was behind Shark on a slant. And just he airmailed the first interception that he threw. Yeah. It was just a bad throw. That was bad. But there there are several plays in this game where it's like this guy's unbelievably talented. Yeah. I mean, he had the, the he had a seam ball that was the type of seam ball we saw him throw at Clemson. The touchdown that he threw was a ridiculous throw. I, I have concerns about everything around him and the infrastructure and just the way he's going to be asked to play this year. But he's a rookie quarterback. Yeah. I, I think that he will be better later on down the road. But it was not a good showing. I think mostly by the Texans' defense or the Jaguars' defense. I yeah. mean, the fact that Brandon Cooks is making all these plays down the field. I mean, it's Farrell Brown is, is, is screaming down the seam Brown. on you, catching ball. <laughs> I mean, it's just, but those, this this is a team that the, the Texans are full of Farrell Browns. Yes. Right? They are and full I think of Farrell that Browns. Yes. That's what they are. They are yeah. full of Farrell Browns. And Brandon and, Cooks. And Brandon and Cooks. <laughs> Brandon Cooks is beyond what the Texans are full of. But I think that those guys were put in very good positions to succeed today. They did. The David Johnson touchdown, perfect example, yep. right? The play before the David Johnson touchdown, they had him lined up, I believe, wide to the left, and he ran a little whip, and he was almost open for the score. And then the play after that, they clear out, they have him run into the flat, and they're just outmanned on that side. Miles Jack was losing his mind during that touchdown, after that touchdown. And that's... That was the type of game it was. It was the type of game where the Texans consistently put their guys in the right spots and the Jags were consistently looking at each other and be like, what the hell yeah. is going on right now? And I think it's a testament to the, che- the Texans coaching staff. It really it really is. I mean, it really is. Like credit, credit, credit where credit's due. It's they they did the smart thing. They didn't get spooked off any of their 
like what they were doing. Like they, they're like, no, we're going to boot the crap out of them. And we're going to make these yeah. guys like be wrong. We're going to make it hard on them. We're, we're going to make, make it hard, it hard on, on them. them as often as possible. Exactly. exactly. And that's like, all right, good job. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, you know what you are and you, you want a game, like you want a division game. Like that, that's, what's awesome about it. And, and I, I, I really want, I re- I just want to see what they did. Like, I just want to see what the personnel looked like. Cause I honestly, like even the Jags, it defense, seemed a, really heavy. It seemed like they were in 12, like the whole game. And again, yeah. similar to what you were talking about the Ravens, where it's like these little layers of complexity that you're throwing on things just to make it a little bit more of a pain in the ass to play against us. And I think that's what we saw from this team today. And Tyrod played well. He, did? he made like three or four like really impressive scattered throws, and it's I again I, I came it's away like, from this game just being like, all right, man, like the Texans looked really well coached and like they were really put together and good for them. It's I don't know what they're gonna be over the course of the season. This is a talent deficient roster to say the very least, but there is a chance that over the course of the year, Tim Kelly, their offensive coordinator, who this is his first job outside this is his first chance to coordinate this offense when bill Bryan's not there and i'm I'm very curious what sort of offense we're going to see from him when it's like all right this is my show now like obviously david coley is there but david coley is not an offensive play caller he's more of like a ceo type you know mm-hmm. he was passing game coordinator with the ravens and so is tim this like the purest version of what tim kelly wants from his offense with tyrod taylor as the quarterback and what does that look like and today again it was an offense that was a pain in the ass to deal with Yes, it stole a game. And that's what that's the difference is the Jags offense. Like this is just the best way to kind of like split it out. Like you would take Trevor Lawrence or Tyrod Taylor a million times over a million, you know? <laughs> and like, but these offenses, like you you look at them, like if you go paper to paper, it's like, well, I would take the Jags offense, like just even the receiving core and just you know line. And and going with that, like you know what you're getting with the Texas defense. It's Lovey Smith. It's cover two. <laughs> Like, you know, <laughs> you know what you're getting. So that's what is just more shocking that the, the game plan couldn't be put together. That's safer throws. I think they started the game with nine straight throws or seven straight throws or something like that uh, with Trevor Lawrence. And it was just so like, again, credit to the Texans. Like they they got the Jags in bad position throughout the whole game and it just took advantage of it. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to explain yourself. It's just like, yeah, but good job, I guess. Like great job. Like it dra- all those practices they canceled, I guess, in OTAs and training camp didn't need them. Didn't need him. <laughs> they just came out and torched him. All right. Let's get to a segment that is very important before week one. And that's pump the brakes. <laughs> pump the brakes, kid. <laughs> a lot of things happen early in the season where it's easy to overreact. Oh, it's yeah. very easy to overreact. Even down the road, I am prone to hyperbole. I am prone to overreaction. <laughs> I'm occasionally going to need you to pull me back a little bit. Here, I want to pull a lot of people back. The Packers are probably going to be okay. I think so. Like, obviously, you come out, you have the worst loss of the Aaron Rodgers as a starter era. You lose 38-3 to to the Saints. This is a game that got away from them. It's a weird situation. You're playing in Florida. You're playing against a well-coached team that still has a decent amount of talent. A few things go differently here and there. It doesn't get out of hand the way that it did. I think the Packers are going to be okay. Again, I'm just way more impressed with the Saints after this game than yes. I am disappointed in the Packers. I think that's the best way to put it. It was more like, wow, way to go, Saints. I mean, the the Saints defense, like, I mean, it was hilarious, by the way, that like the third Packers drive of the entire game was with one minute to go in the first half. Like they 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 <laughs> they only touched the ball twice in the first through the first two quarters because the Saints had a 15 play drive. 
I think like a seven or 11 play drive, something like that. And then another 15 play drive. And it was just like that. What a performance. Like, I mean, just they, this is what I kind of thought the narrative with the saints would kind of be was that they, we would really realize that their best unit is the offensive line. We talked about this with shield on Friday and or Thursday, Friday, whatever day it was. Um, But it was just that whatever day I went and three on, Uh, but it, (laughs) (laughs) um, but it was just, but like talking about the saints, I I think that's just how they're going to be built is what you just saw today. Like it was just the play action stuff. James can get deep up with it a little bit. Um, He had a couple of quick game stuff, but then it was just built through the run with Kamara with a good run game with strong offensive line. And then the defense just played aggressive as shit. They just kept getting in good positions. Um, Like, Rodgers just had no time to get in rhythm. They all of a sudden, they were just down. I think it was the 17 nothing by the end of the half or whatever it was. Um, but it was just like he just got put – the game script just got out of hand. That's why – it's one of those games. That's why you're just trying to say, too, at the beginning, it's let's not overreact a little bit because it's just the game script got out of hand. The Saints pitched like basically a perfect game in the first half. I mean, you, you can't do any better than that. You had 215-play drives in the first half, and you scored like – yeah, I think you're feeling pretty good going in the half like the Saints were. And it was just good stuff. Uh, James, James played well. Like he looks a little bit better. Like he's balls coming out quicker. It looks like making he just, plays with his legs. Yeah, he had he picked up several first downs with his legs, which I, I cannot imagine when you're playing against that team, how backbreaking it has to be for James Winston to pick up three first oh downs God. as a scrambler. I, it seemed like I can't remember exactly, but I think a couple of them were on third down. Where it's yep, just they like, were. what, like, Jesus, like that is a deflating His limbs moment. are flailing every which way. Yes, like, yes. <laughs> I know. He's, he's an even more chaotic runner than Mahomes is. Oh, yeah. And that says a lot. Yeah. And when he's doing that, it's like, you know, it's not your day. So obviously you have that. You have the offensive line, which you know, the Packers run defense has been a problem for a long time. I think this is more a case of the Saints offensive line being their best unit and just kicking ass more yeah. than it is. Are we going to get more of the same from the Packers run defense? Again, it's week one. Who yes. knows? Maybe it is going to be a problem, but that's why we're pumping the brakes here a little bit. Yes. I I think we should just talk more about how well Dennis Allen has coordinated this team and right. how well coached their defense looks consistently. There were a couple different plays. The first one that sticks out to me, uh, early, I think it was on the Packers first possession. Green Bay got Aaron Jones on a crossing route on third down, mm-hmm. which they were like, oh, this is this is what we want, right? Like Aaron Jones on a linebacker. And he had like two or three steps on Quan Alexander. And Alexander takes just an incredible angle and tracks him down right in front of the sticks. Lattimore comes up with a little bit of support, a very rich Marshawn Lattimore now. And <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's fourth down. It's time to punt. Yeah. And it's like those plays kept coming up. Zach Ball had a, had a really, really nice play where they tried to slice Tanyan out into the flat like they do a million different times yep. in this offense. Ball read it perfectly, played sideline to sideline, yeah, ate him, ate out that, ate the route up, and then it allows Marcus Davenport to clean it up for a sack. That complimentary football is every piece playing together. That's what their defense was doing today. And just little tiny wrinkles like Quan Alexander being the fourth rusher. In a lot of their pass rush packages, where they'll have Tano, who his last name I can't pronounce, number ninety, who came over from the Saints, just uh, another like I'm going to knock people around type guy. Demolish. Him, that's what they do. That's what that's what they do. Just these 285 pound yes. defensive ends. So we're going to have him, Cam Jordan, yep, and Davenport on the field together. Yep. With Quan as a fourth rusher, so you still have seven guys in coverage, and we have this weird package where we have one speed rusher that's working in stunts with these three guys that are just going to kick your ass. Yes, and move guys. It's they just. I've always appreciated what they do in those third down situations. Last year they had that 
sit the, the package was just three down rushers where they had the two wide guys in the nose where they would put those three defensive ends yep. on the field together. Yep. Like just little tiny things that they do consistently. I'm always impressed by. And today was another one of those games. I think the the pick that Rogers threw in the red zone is a perfect example. Like Cam Jordan's lined up over the right guard. He beats Royce Freeman, the rookie instant pressure. Rogers feels a little bit antsy in the pocket, throws a ball that he shouldn't. It's a red zone interception. The game completely swings on that play. But you give credit to the Saints defense on that play. And they just have a lot of guys who can still make plays. And I think a coaching staff who consistently puts them in the right spots. Yeah. And that's what you just said. That last sentence. Yes. Like putting them in the right spots. How many times were they just driving on guys like just yes, you're, yes. Sh- all those short routes those that it plays so fast so fast that that that's what the the Packers breathe off not just a nice run game but just that those nickels and dimes like we talked about the layups the layups the layups the layups and then they boom then they hit three just gut shots on you like boom that's like the kind of their game plan and the Saints were just going we're not even gonna let you get that short shit <laughs> like yeah I mean the Lattimore had a couple really nice plays they were just all over those guys, they knew what was coming. They really had a good cognizant game plan. And that's like you said, that speaks to Dennis Allen and the coaches put them and the players, of course, for operating that fast. But it, I've, we've seen this before. Uh, one of the few years ago, when one of the reasons I got on Cliff Kingsbury was he got basically blitzed out of his third down place because he had to throw hot over and over and over it. And the saints defenders just kept tackling them short. So it'd be like third and eight, they tackle them like four yards short and they just, it happened the whole game. And honestly, like cliff actually kind of grew from that at first, but it's like, that's what they do. They, they use those pressures, not so much to get, to get to the quarterback, but to make quarterback go like, get rid of the ball and they're going to tackle and they're going to play sound. So it's cool to watch a defense play that aggressive defenses are always going to be fun. Uh, and especially his, cause they're, they're sound. It's not just running shit to run shit. It's actually really good stuff. And there's the way they were playing off MVS too was such an indication of that's a coaching point. It's yep. like, fine. Like I, I, will I know let who you he complete is. This underneath, like there is one thing that is not going to happen. You are not going to run by me right now. Yep. There was that play on the left sideline when Rogers tried to take the shot. It was not there at all. And then the pick that Williams made, the Marcus Williams made just a bizarre choice. I mean, maybe you get to a point in the game where you're pressing a little bit. Yeah. I don't know what he saw there when he just chucked it deep because I mean, it seemed like they were in a too high look where Williams was on the other side and just walked into the interception. Yep. But again, that's just the type of play that happens. I think when the game starts getting away from you, exactly. That's a pressing play. Like that, like you said, Waltz, like go over to the ball. He like meandered around the ref as he was yes. running. Like he managed, he managed to like do a left hand turn signal and pass him. But it was like, but it was that's exactly what it was. It was like that's what Rogers kind of did. Rogers did. Rogers is has always had such a low interception rate, not because he's just a freak of nature, but but he also he's he, he can be very safe sometimes. Like he's it's yeah. controlled aggression. He's all about knifing you when he could feel it and then he just presses presses if he feels that little inch that he can get on you he's gonna go after it but sometimes he can be safe until he gets to that point and it's kind of it was weird to kind of see him being like like screw it like you know what i mean like and like and i mean it makes sense like that maybe he's never felt that way the stat that they showed at the end of the game the 35 point deficit was the largest loss in the game started by aaron Rodgers. though or the one before was 31 points this is the largest one he's ever had so maybe that's why it is so weird to see it because he's never really been put in a position like this. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. But again, totally I, fine. I came away from this game like, oh, yeah, like I forgot. Like the Saints may not be the Saints with Drew Brees anymore. Yes. But like we'll get to Sean Payton here in a bit. They're still the Saints in some ways. Like this is still a yes. very well coached team with 
talent isolated in important parts of the roster. Yes, and a former number one pick at quarterback. It's not like Jameis Winston, some like six round journeyman. He's a former number one pick. Come on. (laughs) Not asked to do a ton today, but almost you like that. Like it's you. We don't want him to have to to. throw the ball fifty five times and play like that. It's like play within yourself. Make a few scatter plays here and there. I'm excited to see what it looks like over the course of the year. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Not today, my good man. I'm feeling saucy. All right. It's time for this week's Secret Sauce. This segment, for those who are uninitiated, is about just a subtle aspect of the weekend that we thought was particularly important, something that a team did that really was the difference in them winning or losing. And today, we're going to talk about what Justin Herbert did on third down. (laughs) As Bill Barnwell pointed out this afternoon on Twitter, Herbert finished... 13 of 16 for 160 yards, 11 first downs, and a touchdown on third down. Sometimes third down stats are a little noisy. Yeah. It's hard to sustain. I think today was a combination of an uber talented quarterback, some very cool designs, and some just on the screws throws when they had to be made. He hit a couple outbreakers that were. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what we're talking about, baby. Like, it, it, But like you said, it was the combo of that. Like, I. You gave me, you kind of like, hey, let's talk about third downs. I went through every single one. I can't, like, I broke them down play by play. There's so, I, we, I have six of them. There, <laughs> okay. Every single one of them is a little bit different. So, my favorite one, the one that kind of made me want to do this is on their first drive. And this happened a couple different times. The Texans did this with Cooks, and I want to ask you about it. So, on their first drive, it's third and five from the 10, with about 10 minutes left in the first Motion quarter. Back. Have Keenan Allen wide to the right. They motion him into the backfield. And I think they just let him – it didn't seem like – it felt like that they, they run that play. You run that play, assuming you're going to get man coverage there. And then having – he runs an angle route out of the backfield just right across thing. They'll be seen backs do a million different times. Yes. But you're doing it with Keenan Allen. Yeah. And he's wide open. Herbert hits him. Easy first down. The Texans also used Cooks in the backfield today on a key third down. They motioned him down. So when you do that, when you're the, the Chargers, what are you trying to accomplish in that moment? Well, and like first off, you're in that play, the one you're talking about, they bring him to the backfield. Yeah, that so angles as anyone that's played Madden, I think they run an NCAA too. (laughs) It's a great play in the red zone. It really is because you get man and you get quarters and quarters, like quarters coverage, cover four. That's a great beater against that. And you know what Jack Del Rio? Okay. You know what Jack Del Del Rio likes to run? Man. Oh, we'll get some of the quarters quarters here in a second. (laughs) So so on those plays, you're going to have a crosser. The outside routes are what changes up uh, based on the team. What you tag, everybody else on the outside routes, you have alerts sometimes. You might have some over the top. But always on those angle plays, also known as short post, 
Um, uh, there's some other names uh, people call it, but I know it as Angle. Texas, if you're running with the running back. Texas route. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, but I, Angle is The funny thing I is know. we've seen Kamara do it how many times? A million, and billion. in this situation, it's Keenan oh, Allen. Dude, dude, we, we theorized about it. This offense was the Saints offense. This entire day was the Saints offense. I, I Yeah, I'm excited. Again, we're going to talk about it later. But like that, that Angle play, so you're always going to have a crosser. And then you have the angle behind it. And so if it's quarters, the crosser is going to occupy the linebacker and it has that void right behind it, almost like right inside the hash. And then if it's man, man, if it's one hole and if there's no pressure, they just bring four. The whole player is like reading up. It's he's reading the quarterback's eyes. Depends on the game plan. But the, the other defenders are playing with outside leverage. So same thing. So you have the whole defender there. Then the crosser occupies him. Same thing. Outside leverage. Boom. There's the angle route right there. They ran. It's kind of funny. They bookended their third downs today with angles. They did the one to Keenan Allen out of the backfield, and then they did Keenan Allen again, but out a bunch. And then they put that, which is the typical angle play. And they just did it where he was the outside guy, which was pretty cool. Usually you do it with the number three guy, uh, uh, like, you know, the inside guy. So that was pretty cool. And they did it. And that's what they iced them the game uh, going into the red zone again. But I mean, that, there was, they did smash drive. They, oh, I want to talk about one. Okay. <laughs> I want to talk about this more like overall offensive philosophy. Why I always say I love my ball winning X's. All right. Mike Williams in this offense is why I like my ball winning X's. This is a yeah. traditional NFL offense. And when you're in a three by one set, there was a three by one where he hit. He, or a four by one. Or four by one. Yep. Same, <laughs> yeah. same, same theory. <laughs> but you're isolating a guy. He has to win a true one-on-one. And what a lot of those are ends up being go balls, fades, and stops. And it's just like you have to man-child a guy. And what, what you're doing with those three by one concepts, you know, three, three receivers or four by one, is what Herbert was doing is you're bypassing the read and you're saying, my guy is going to win. And yeah. I'm just going to screw whatever defense you just ran. I know I'm, you either have man or quarters or cover three over there. It's one-on-one between my X and your one receiver and your one corner over there. And he hit him like two or three times a day. He hit the, he hit the stop route. It was in the bunch. Uh, and then for the know, touchdown, the touchdown, I was, it was a fade. One touchdown. It was the yep. fade touchdown. And then he hit another one where he back shouldered him on the final drive to ice the game. Yep. He had another one, say all the same thinking on those plays. And it's actually kind of cool. You saw the first, like the kind of like a short third and short version, which was a stop route. You saw the third and long version, which was a go ball back shoulder. And then you saw the low red zone version, which is a fade, which is, and so you got, kind of got to see all three var- varieties of this, but that's why having those traditional X's. Cause that's called a gimme. You're saying, that's my gimme throw. I, I, I like the one-on-one. It's a gimme. Take it. Screw the read. Gimme. So that's why I, I love that. And I, of course, it helps when you have Mike Williams, uh, who that's what he's best at, just posting guys up and just drop-stepping on them. Like, you know, he's a <laughs> bruiser but in the But that's post. what I want to see from this offense. I want yes. to see them perfectly understand how to utilize their personnel. And yeah. it was they happened in so many different ways. Oh, my God. The, there was a Keenan Allen one where they there was a little stack. They motioned him down. He releases inside against St. Just and then cuts back out for another third and five. My favorite throw that he made, though, on third down is third and 10 from their own 43 with 930 left in the third quarter. And they, they're on the right hash mark. They run off the quarter's corner on that left side. And then from the right hash mark, he throws like a 15-yard deep out to Jared Cook and mm-hmm. makes it look easy. Yeah. Like easy. When I was talking to Brand Staley a couple of weeks ago about Herbert for the story that I wrote, we were talking about those throws. And we were talking about if you have a quarterback who can throw the ball outside the numbers from the other hash consistently and accurately, it literally changes everything for a defense. It changes everything you can do. 
And he is a rarely talented thrower of the football. And when you can make those throws consistently, you change the complexion of how teams can play against you. Yes. And that's what he did today. And you just saw that. I mean, is he going to go 13 of 16 on everything, every single day on third down? Probably not. But I think that this was a perfect encapsulation of what happens when your quarterback's ability, offensive design, and one-on-one personnel battles fall in your favor against what is a very, very good defense. Yes. Justin Herbert won them that game down yes. the stretch. He made like five or six throws on the nails that won them that game, and it was he, awesome to he watch. Had, he had – well, and that's what is so cool about Herbert too is that – all these different throws we're describing all require different kinds of skill sets or a different totally. uh, ability of throwing. I, I don't know what official term I would call it, but it's like, like you said, that deep sail route to cook. Okay. That's a, that's an arm strength throw. And that's like, and he stood in the, I think some guy was kind of barreling down to where a guy came was rushing and he was like, I don't care. Whipped it <laughs> just first down fine. And then like the next one, like he's hitting out route to Keenan Allen. They were in the smash concept in the red zone, puts it like high, to Allen because yeah. the guy was on the low. That was hip. a layered throw. That was a layered throw. That, that was, was beautiful, spicy. And then my favorite was the third, <laughs> the third, the third and sixteen. Uh, they ran all curls, and they were yeah. they were. This is what you can do with Justin Herbert. They do the. This is what the Chiefs do with Mahomes on third and extra long or third and long. Is they go into pr- traditional seven man pro where it's it's the tight end, the running back, or if you have two running backs, they chip and release. And what you're doing is if you want to bring pressure, we're going to wad it up and block it up because we're going to attack deep. It's a traditional seven-step yeah. drop back. Herbert can do that because that's what that deep curl concept was. And he hit the middle one to Keenan Allen, just lasered it. I mean, he hit the back foot of his drop. Allen was just turning his head around. Thing hit him right in the chest. I mean, it's just like, oh, that. I mean, that stuff is so good. And on the same drive, like he's hitting like the basic dig, I mean, the back shoulder stuff. And then he's like doing like under center quick game like three-step quick game running stick. Like it wasn't even out of the gun. Like he did like, he looked like Drew Brees. Like he looked like a six, six Drew Brees, like one, two, three. It looks weird seeing a six, six guy do three-step drops under center. And he's just, I mean, he was just, awesome today. And they're all on third I mean, down. Just, Those are like, just third down giddy. throws. Those are it just third down giddy throws. to yeah. think about. I mean, it's just like, yeah. And again, this is against a defense that we think could be really good. Top five. I mean, easy. it's really good. Yeah. Yep. And just, he's making those plays. I cannot wait to watch what they look like all Seriously. year because he was just, he was on a level today that was the whole, very cool. The whole see. shot to the field, this was a first down play. It's not third down. But oh, he, yes. oh, he, he yes. hits, gets covered too. Hits a whole shot to the field. It's like, God dang. Makes that, it looks easy. Makes it look easy. That's what. That's what's more, fru- I don't know, frustrating, but uh, uh, I'm jealous. <laughs> I think that's the best. I'm very jealous. All right. Last one here. This is our last new segment. We're going to talk about who gets the belt from week one. The champ is here. The champ is here. All right. Every week, we're going to pick somebody that won the day, right? The guy that just owned that Sunday of football. And in a nod to Nate's very deep love of professional wrestling, it's only good. It's only right that we give that guy the championship belt. So, Nate. Who gets the athletic football show belt for week one? I'm giving them that Sean Payton. And I mean, I guess I give that to the entire staff and the team, but it's it's Sean Payton. I'll, I'll give it to him. I'm going to give him the title belt. How prepared they were today, offensively, defensively, special teams. I, I mean, just the entire unit came out to play. I mean, entire team came out to play. Um, look, getting Jameis Winston to look like a, a polished quarterback consistently, not just one or two snaps, but actually making a lot of smart decisions. Uh, I mean, I, I'm going to credit that to Jameis Winston because I've seen him with different coaches before and I've seen the blemishes he had. It's one game. I know it's one game, but it, it's I'm going to give him the belt because I just think it was a fantastic job by the entire Saints team today. 
I totally agree. This is the conversation we had on Friday about why Sean Payton would be a good coach of the year, but because this is this season has the the chance and the setup to be a Sean Payton showcase season. Yes, where you have this team that I think we all thought over the last few years had arguably the best roster in the NFL, top to bottom, right? And they had Drew Brees. And it was hard to extricate what Sean Payton was as a coach from what Drew Brees was as a quarterback. We had some data, right? Yeah. We got to see Chetty Bridgewater and scattered starts and Taysom yep. Hill and whatever, and they look good. But that was stretches. Now we get a full season with no Brees. We get a team that had to go trade for a corner that they couldn't even play this week. <laughs> right. Where you're, Paul Sinadibo and Desmond Trufant are playing. And you know you don't have the depth that you've had before. The, Deontay Harris is the number one receiver on this team right now with Marquez Callaway. Like, that's where this team is. And they shellacked the Packers. They did. It wasn't that they beat the Packers. They destroyed them on a neutral field. And yeah. I think that that's all you need to know about the job that Sean Payton did, how ready these guys were. The fact that they have been away from New Orleans for the last however many weeks since the hurricane, the fact that they've been displaced and they're dealing with all of this stuff and to play with the energy they did today when you consider just how high the degree of difficulty was, it says so much about that staff and just the overall mindset and approach and just everything that they have come to be as a franchise. I was extremely impressed. It, it felt like a uh, uh, like a bowl game atmosphere there. Like it was like, yeah, yeah the back, you know, like it was not a neutral site. It was like, I know it was like, that's what it felt like. It was like 70, 30 Packers fans. It, it was, it was actually really cool to see the Saints fans at the end of the game. Just like, just high fiving the shit out of each other. Just like this should have been our, this should have been the Superdome, you know, like just, it was pretty cool to see that. But I know it felt like, a, it felt like it should have been at the, the Gator Bowl. I mean, a jab between a Big Ten and an SEC team, and the SEC team didn't travel. The Big Ten, the Wisconsin fans couldn't get couldn't get uh, couldn't get ready to get out of the cold. All right, a few things that we're going to keep an eye on this week that we're going to rewatch that we didn't have a chance to talk about or didn't have a chance to watch as much as we wanted live. Sam Darnold's performance against the Jets. Yes, I definitely want to go rewatch that. I mean, the, the numbers were very good. He had a couple really nice moments. You know, it's the Jets' defense. Obviously, comes with that caveat, but yeah. how he looked in his first game. Curious to watch that. Eagles Falcons. I didn't watch the Eagles Falcons. I you I caught a couple scattered plays. Yeah. Just you can't watch everything. I'm yeah. gonna rewatch that game this week. I'm sure we'll talk about it. Yeah. And I want to dig deep into everything about the Chargers game. The way they looked on defense, you know, just some of the the fact that they really talk about putting a roof over somebody that Washington had nothing going down the field the entire game, and that's by design. So I'm excited to see the way that the Chargers use their defensive personnel. That's all stuff that we will get to. One bit of housekeeping. Before we get out of here, we have a mailbag show that we're recording tomorrow. Please submit questions. I would really appreciate that. We have a voicemail line, so you can call and you can leave us a voicemail. We will use them on the show. The number is on the screen right now. For the podcast people, it is 872-222-7073. One more time. It's 872-222-7073. Call us. Leave me a message. We would love to hear from you. I'm recording the show with Mike Sando tomorrow. Really looking forward to that. We'll have a different rotating co-host every single week. You can also email us, athleticfootballshow at gmail.com. Doesn't get any simpler than that. Athleticfootballshow at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email question, you guys do such a good job with the questions whenever you do a mailbag. That's why we're doing it every week. So if you don't hold up your end of the bargain, (laughs) then we're kind of screwed here. So please get your questions in. I would sincerely appreciate that. 
I also sincerely appreciate you guys listening. Thank you very, very much for taking the time to do this. In the future, we're going to be doing this every single Sunday night. So please come back and hang out with us every single Sunday night. In the meantime, please rate and review the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. The season is here. We would love your feedback, but only if it's good. So please do that. And please rate and review the podcast. Please subscribe to The Athletic, theathletic.com slash football show. I'm telling you, you cannot keep up with the league without a subscription to the site. You need one. Go get one if you do not have one. We will be back tomorrow with Mike Sando doing mailbag questions. Submit your mailbag questions. Until then, we'll talk to you guys later. This was The Athletic Football Show.